All right, welcome in to another episode of the Growing Faith Podcast. And my goodness, it has been a minute. Actually, I know this kid. I won't tell you if they're my kid or not. Wink, wink. Uh, they like to say that's been a fat minute. I'm not even sure what that means because I'm too old um, to really know what that means, but it seems like it means it's been a little while. Uh, it's been a little while since we put out an episode. I'm really glad to be back. Uh, I don't like to do these things alone, so I brought in a friend. We're actually going to talk about the topic of living in the fullness of your calling as a single person. And obviously, um, uh, my wife is thankful that I can't speak into this topic with much authority. So it's okay. You can laugh at the jokes. Um, you haven't been introduced. So it'd be like phantom laughing or whatever. But um, it's been a little while since I've been single. So I'm bringing in uh, some expert opinion on the topic um, just to be able to talk about the journey. Um, and so I'm really excited to be able to jump into this because I think the church um, has you know, given a few and probably taken a few black eyes over the years uh, as a result of kind of the way the church, you know, the big C church, you know, across all denominations and stuff just have not really treated the single person well. I feel like maybe we're making some progress. At least that's the story I like to tell myself. Um, it feels like we are. Um, so without further ado, um, Lisa White. Uh, it is Super good to have you. I got to meet you, gosh, it's what, been six, seven months ago now? Something like that. Something in that neighborhood. Um, you started coming to Manor House, and so we connected. And um, man, I'm just so appreciative of the maturity, of the giftings, of really this, the heart and spirit that you bring um, to the table because you just, you're someone that genuinely loves the Lord and you've allowed his spirit to dwell in you and transform you um, to such a sweet spirit. Um, it's it's really, really good to be around you. It, it's life-giving um, to be able to spend time with you. And so um, I'm really honored that you'd come and spend some time to talk through this topic. Um, I, I think it's a topic that requires some vulnerability, um, some, you know, just raw honesty. I appreciate your willingness to step into that place. Um, and ultimately, like I said, I, I just kind of want to have fun, you know, not be like too heavy, but where <laughs> where it's necessary, let's talk real. Um, but I just super glad to have you here. So with that, um, can you just give me like uh, the, the run sheet of, of who is who is Lisa? Like, um, you know, how old are you? How long you've been single? Um, a little bit of maybe your work background and then maybe a little bit of ministry background just to give us a little glimpse, you know, and we'll, we'll flesh it out a little more as we go along, but just that kind of that, that rough introduction there. Sure, absolutely. And Rick, thank you so much for having me on today. I really appreciate it. And for those of you who are listening, um, especially those who are women, yes, it's okay. Rick did ask me in advance if he could ask my age, you know. <laughs> so, um, Breaking all the rules, you know. I know, I know. So I am 51 years old, and I am clearly single, and I've never been married, no kids. So I've definitely come to this area with a lot of expertise in, in the length of time that I've been single. I am, I would say probably my, my passions and my interests, things like that, um, especially around the church, are very much around coaching and mentoring. I have such a heart to passion, uh, or just a passion, excuse me, for um, mentoring young women, especially, and, and single as they are 
uh, just growing up and figuring out like, what does it mean to hear God's voice and and how do you navigate just the the challenges that, that life brings and you know hopefully the things that I have gone through in life can make a difference in, in theirs and I love I'm very passionate about worship um, I've been in worship ministry for a super long time and love being able to serve the Lord in that way and as far as just in general I am been involved for quite a long time in the prophetic and prayer ministry and again I think a lot of what I have done as far as developing that intimacy with the Lord has really been in part I would say two things one it's just the opportunity I've had to develop that intimacy with him just by being single and then just also by nature really leaning into the things that I know that the Lord's called me to to, to grow in those areas so that I can make as much of a difference in the kingdom as possible awesome as we jump into this and you know one of the first things that we uh, that we put on our list to talk about is some of the challenges that you faced in in like engaging in ministry as a single person um, and and then maybe we can talk about like you know where do, where do those things come from like what mindsets to maybe maybe like people that are listening kind of even accidentally carry these objections or you know uh, challenges in their heart not because they've ever thought oh I want to think this way but because kind of culturally church church culture has kind of been that way um, what what kind of challenges have you sensed or faced over the years um, as a single person with a heart to serve the Lord and to serve the house mm-hmm. um, you know what what ceilings have you bumped into I don't know like what's that looked like for you yeah absolutely and I do believe I love what you said at the beginning Rick about you know being vulnerable and transparent because I think being able to lean into these kinds of things offers an opportunity for hopefully those that are listening or even in those that single people have and and frankly married people too have around you to to lean into some of those uncomfortable conversations because you know what are the kinds of things that we experience um, as single people like inside our emotions but we don't ever share with anyone because we don't feel like maybe we feel safe to share we're not sure how somebody's going to take it and so part of what I'm sharing with you is is offering and I appreciate you asking the question because I really want to create a space for people to invite themselves into that kind of conversation and dialogue with those that they know because it's a real part of singleness right so I think one of the things that I used to experience early on in my singlehood if you will in in the church ministry I'd say that was probably oh late 30s or excuse me yeah late 20s early 30s was almost this sense that you somehow had more validity if you were married versus being single and some of that seems to have been like well once you're married then all of a sudden you're complete right you know you can then move into ministry or things that when um this isn't a a put down on you know what is the and I'm using air quotes here that nobody can see um it's called a women's ministry right because that's a a vital part but when we think about women's ministry or frankly even men's ministry do we come with the perspective that that is primarily married people and even how we introduce topics like if you think about let's say a women's retreat or things like that and this is something that I had a hard time with at the beginning is going to those and everything was centered around kids it was centered around spouses. It was all around married life, and it would tend to 
I would feel almost like not included as part of that or I wouldn't know how to relate to it because that wasn't my life. Mm. And yet at the same time, I was still very much growing spiritually and felt that I had so much to offer, but it was hard because I didn't feel like I was seen as a single person. And so that, that for me, I think was, was one of the big struggles that I've seen. And, and you know, when I talk about singleness, I think that I'll kind of break it into categories, right? I think sometimes there is support for singles, although maybe not as much so, that are kind of in that college range. And you've got people that have graduated from college, right? And they, or they're in the midst of college and there's kind of like this in-between stage, but they're still single, right? You know, do they have support? You know, what does that look like when they're struggling and trying to figure out where they're mm-hmm. meant to go? Then you've got this other breakdown uh, that I would say is like maybe 30 and above. And of course there's a whole bunch of categories within that. And everybody is a different place in their spiritual work and so I think that's what we really need to look at and what some of the challenges I had to face and how do I operate in the fullness of my calling as a single person when I didn't necessarily feel like there was always a place for me yeah and I think um, I'm pretty sure you thought of the title of this episode I really like I like the way that it's worded living in the fullness of your calling Um, the fullness of your calling as a single person doesn't mean that that person even necessarily stays single for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of fact. Everybody, for how, you know, depending on it, how long that singleness lasts, obviously is kind of the flex point. Mm-hmm. But everybody has a season of singleness where they should live in the fullness of their calling mm-hmm. and not wait around, like you're saying, like don't wait around to get married to feel like you're finally complete, to feel like you can finally do something. And, and I don't know if this is maybe a rabbit trail or maybe it's helpful. Um, so I'll just throw it out there. What What is your impression on um, the difference between maybe how a single man in the church is treated versus a single woman? I mean, have would you say like you've observed differences or do you feel like it's kind of samesies or you know, like, Maybe that's a surprise question. (laughs) Hey, I don't mind surprise question. I don't know that I probably have enough experience observing what it must be like for single men. That would actually be an interesting podcast. Yeah, Um, yeah, Like, what is that like for, for men as they walk through that journey? I would say for what I could say is I think both for single women and single men that there's probably... I get think maybe what I have observed. There's still probably some of the challenges about like how what does that look like, and where do where do I get plugged in, right? Because you could also have single mothers, right? You could have single fathers, and I guess the thing that's coming to my spirit more than anything else right now, Rick, is, and this is going to be probably I think general for all our audiences, is that sometimes I think we look for, okay, when I get to here, right? then I can. Whether it's when I complete my degree, then I will do this. You know, when I have kids, then I will do this. It's all sometimes, I think, predicated on looking at something in the future as the point where then you can enter into, you know, fill in the blank. And if it is one thing that I have learned, it is that whether you are six years old or whether you're 16 or 60, God wants us to live in the fullness of our calling in that moment. There's no waiting because we all know that life is short. We are not guaranteed 
one more day on this earth. But I have seen young women who are 16 that are powerfully leading worship Mm -hmm. and prophesying over people. And one of my favorite pastors, you know, has says, there's there's no junior Holy Spirit, right? We are all called to live in that fullness. And so slight detour I suppose and maybe not directly answering your question but still something I felt makes like me I really wanted to angry bring up. that you didn't answer my question no, <laughs> no I think that's a really great um, redirect of a terrible question no um, I, I think it's a great redirect on that question because um, we actually could be falling into a trap doing this doing this podcast we could be you know alienating all of these people that are married being like well what about me mm-hmm. you know let's let's talk about me living in the fullness of my calling. And so what I love about what you just said is quit, quit putting your life on pause for whatever the reason is, whether, and uh, we have some, we have some missionaries uh, that go out from, from Mana House and they're serving in a country that I best not even tell you where they're at. But um, in their, one of their newsletters, she said, remember, it's something, this is a loose paraphrase, remember that the obstacles in the path are not obstacles. They are the path. Mm-hmm. That God is always working in you, through you, for you, around you. Like he's always working and wants you to be involved in the process, regardless mm-hmm. of um, what, like what degree you have or don't have, what job you have or don't have, what, how well you feel like you can pay your bills, whether you're renting a, a couch from someone whether you know whether mm-hmm. you have a big giant house whether you uh, have a bike or a car you know like whatever because we all have these goals and these metrics of when i feel like i am successful when mm-hmm. i have arrived and i can get settled in my calling and for those bible college students out there when i finally get that ministry position when i get hired on at that church or when i finally get recognized you know serving in that area of ministry and really, it's no, serve God, the fullness of your calling, right here, right now, wherever right here and right now is for mm-hmm. you. And so I think where I would like to kind of springboard from that point is your your particular thing that, you know, we are talking about the singleness piece is mm-hmm. what are some of the keys that you kind of maybe intentionally uncovered or accidentally uncovered mm-hmm. in the process that helped you do that thing because it's all fine and dandy for me to say yeah lisa live in the fullness of your calling you know even as a single person live in the fullness of your calling and i could be telling somebody that you know that serves in the church and yeah live in the fullness of your calling and they're like i have no idea how to do that like so if we were talking to somebody and they they shot back at you with that comment of Mm -hmm. i I don't know how to do that i need some practical tangible What kind of things would you put in their hands or in their spirit uh, to be able to do that? Yeah, I really appreciate that. And one of the reasons why I do is because I think sometimes we can use these Christianese terms, like maybe there's people listening in saying, that just said, live in the fullness of your calling, right? You know, like, what does that mean? Like, like what you said, like, break it down for me, because it can sound maybe like fluff. Right. This is right. Lisa coming in or with like true authentic, yeah, spiritual mumbo jumbo. Right, exactly. Yeah, totally. So let me. I will break it down with this. When we think about who we are as believers, because this is really what um, for me and, and how I've walked it out. It's what has God called us to do, right? He's called us to make disciples, right? It is ultimately about yep. God's kingdom here on earth. 
What does that mean? Well, that could be a whole sermon series in of itself, correct? But I think a lot of it is, is, you know, I come down to my job is to love God and love people. There's a whole bunch of things that are that can be a part of that or that are you know offshoots of that but if i don't know how to develop a deep relationship with the lord how am i going to love people the way he's the way that he's called me to love and so i remember for me i mean i've been a christian my whole life so this is part of my story i became a christian when i was seven years old grew up in a christian home and yet what's really interesting to me is when i went to my, my prior church, um, East Hill Church, it was a, it's a four-square church, and I didn't really know anything about the Holy Spirit. I thought the Holy Spirit was a mist. I know that kind of sounds funny, but mm. that's what I thought. Yeah. And when I learned what it was, what it was like to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to learn how to really hear His voice, and that that moment was literally a catalyst for my entire life. Because I, I sort of knew how to hear God's voice, but I didn't know what it was meant to have it be this back and forth relationship where we'd have conversations with each other, where he would give me direction. He was my partner. He was my best friend. He was everything. And when that moment happened, it changed the way I walked out my life because it was like the floodgates opened. And all of a sudden, I could reach out to someone who who I knew not just in my head from all the bible I had learned but I knew in my heart that he cared about me that he wanted to to partner with me and so when I learned how to hear his voice which is a topic all of its all of its own I was able to say all right lord what is it that you want me to lean into what does it actually look like I'd pray about ministry trips that I would go on and you know where I would say lord is it do you want me to do this thing or that thing and he would give me direction or the Holy Spirit would speak to me and give me wisdom. And so for me, I think that intimacy, developing that intimacy with him was a huge part of it. And that allowed me to have him work on me in areas that I needed healing, right? Because it wasn't me just like reading a book or taking a class. It was the Holy Spirit's work in me that was calling out the things in me that needed healing so that he could then have his pure love throw, flow through me to then pour onto other people. And, and, and do you want me to give you an example of like what yeah, that could I, look like? I or? think practical examples always help kind of put flesh on the bones a yeah, little bit. Yeah, so. for sure. So one example, I try and live my life as authentically as possible, right? It, that, that what you see right here in this room here versus what you'd see if you ran into me in the grocery store is the same thing. So there were times where I would be in the grocery store and the Holy Spirit would, actually remember this one time, the Holy Spirit, um, when I was going through the checkout line said, I want you to give a word to, to the checkout person. And at the time I was pretty new, relatively new in hearing the Lord. I'm like, you want me to do what? I mean, there's, there's a line behind me, right? You know, that's a mm-hmm. very brave thing to do. Right. And all I had heard the Lord say is he has a son. And I want you to give him a word about his son. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what if I'm wrong? Like that could be, that could just sound crazy. And my heart is beating faster and I'm starting to load the food on the, you know, the, what do you call those? The conveyor conveyor belt. belt. Um, And finally it was my turn. And 
I just said, okay, I'm just, I'm just going to be brave. And I just said, I know this might sound like a crazy question. I said, but by any chance, do you have a son? <laughs> you just see you know, the look he gave me. He's like, yes. And I said, I know this might sound weird. And then I just shared with him just a word of encouragement about his son. And he didn't say much. I can't even remember if he said thank you. Um, but I got out of that. And, you know, of course, and I just was like, Lord, why did you want me to do that? Like, I don't even know if it was right. And the Holy Spirit said to me, Lisa, I wanted you to do that because I wanted to see if you were going to be obedient to me. Mm -hmm. It didn't mean that the word wasn't right. Right. But that is that flow. You're not responsible for the fruit. You're just responsible for the obedience. Absolutely. Availability and totally. I think that's, uh, that probably is a podcast episode all in of itself is the topic of learning to hear the voice of God. And, and I mm-hmm. think to some extent, I mean, you're, aren't you going to cover some of that in a small group? You're going to be yes. leading on breakthrough nights, you know, so starting in September. That, and also uh, do a little mini plug here yeah. uh, for Manor House women. You've probably been seeing these pop-ups come up this summer. Uh, if you happen to know, which I think many of you do, Melissa O'Neill, uh, she and I are going to be partnering together on a prophetic pop-up. Uh, the first one, well, it's it's in the beginning of August. I'm afraid if I say the date, it's going to be wrong. Right. <laughs> um, but we are going to be focusing on hearing the voice of God um, for Come people, on. whether are you know brand new or super experienced at it. So take a look at that and watch for that coming, and, and you can hear more. Yeah, I think that um, starting there where we did is so good because it's so easy for us, especially as Americans. The Western westernized thinking Americans is... When we think about living your life, the fullness of your calling, we automatically think to-do lists, productivity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want you gotta you gotta perform. You know, yep. like it's performance oriented. Make God proud of you because you are doing all the things He wants you to do. When ultimately He can do all the things He wants done. So it's not us getting stuff done that is his primary thing. Mm-hmm. It is the relationship with us piece that's yep. the most important. It's it's who we are that's more important than what we do. It's whose we are mm-hmm. that's more important than what we do. And so starting how do you live how do you live your life to the fullness as a single person or a married person or whatever is first and foremost abiding in the vine in John chapter 15, mm-hmm. you know, like apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, if, if I abide in you, your, my words abide in you, you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a natural flow. And you know, the other thing I would also say to Rick is I, and I just want to challenge and encourage those that are listening that it, the intimacy with the Lord is important, but it's equally important to be connected to a church body and with a church body being connected into a community because we can't survive. Like when you talk about, you know, being, you know, who, who we are as part of that vine, yes, it's absolutely with the Lord, mm-hmm. but I'm telling you what, we need others. We need others for accountability. We need others to it bring that encouragement. When we're learning how to hear God's voice, you know, we need to be able to have people who are wise and have that close relationship with the Lord to keep us on track, right? We all do, no matter where we're at. And so it can be easy, I think, especially after everything we've gone through in the past year to get isolated. And for those of of you who are single, can I just encourage you? You know, we need that. We need the connection. We need the human touch. We, We need to be able to have 
that um, feeling part of the body. Like, I don't know what I would do without that. And so if you aren't yet connected, you know, it doesn't have to be at Mana House, although Mana House is amazing. Um, it can just be, at, you know, where you feel like God is leading you to go um, to church. Get involved in a small group or something so that you know that you're not alone, but that you also have people to walk alongside you. Yeah, that's so good. I think that's another westernized American thought process. One, one is we think performance, and two, we think individuality mm-hmm. and, and independence when yep. God wants community and he wants interdependence, right? He wants mm-hmm. us to he wants us to be able to count on each other. He wants us to bear one another's burdens. And so that is both being there available to bear someone else's burdens, but it's also being there and vulnerable enough to share your burdens with other people so that they can bear them because that's been a big thing that God kind of really impressed on my heart this year was the opposite side of bearing one another's burdens. Uh, you know, for those Enneagram people out there, like I'm, I'm a two, I'm a, I'm a helper, I'm a server. So bearing one another's burdens, that's my jam. Like that's how I, that's how I do life. I, I serve people, I help people. I try to make their load lighter. Um, but what I'm terrible at uh, is knowing what my burdens are, being able to even know them well enough to communicate them to someone else or to even ever feel like it's worth mentioning. Um, and then I remember back in December, me and my whole family, we got COVID. And so we were sick at home and, you know, we, it was like having the plague. Nobody wants you to be outside <laughs> of your house. So you're, you're stuck, right? You're, you're quarantined yeah, yeah. away from everybody. And, but I had people from church reaching out and saying, Hey, can I, can I bring you food? Can we bring you a meal? Mm-hmm. Um, drop it and run, you know? And, uh, <laughs> and so we said, unclean, unclean. No. Um. <laughs> and and normally I would just turn it away and be like, no, nah, no, nah, we're good. And quite honestly, we were pretty good. Like we we didn't we didn't have desperate need for anything. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, instead of turning it down, I was like, well, yeah, if it's in your heart to do that, that would be wonderful. We would really appreciate that. And people came and dropped off food and loved us and you know prayed for us. And I mean, it was just like it was amazing. And, and I didn't, I didn't even realize the level of need that we had mm-hmm. for those things. And I think mm-hmm. that there's probably people listening that you can kind of identify with that thought process of like, I don't even know what I need. I don't like, you're probably not quite so arrogant to say you don't have any needs, but maybe you'd be honest enough to say, I don't know what they are. I don't even know how to ask for help. And, um, and it's being willing to to step into that community piece like mm-hmm. the lie that's out there that you go out into the woods or go hiking somewhere to go and find yourself like you know back in the day that wouldn't have even been a reality they would have been like what understand yeah. understand your identity a- apart from the body apart from the community like that doesn't even make sense and um, and i also think because God has communicated that we are his body. We're all members of the body. If you take an organ of the body and you separate it from the body, it's worthless Mm -hmm. and dead, right? Like Mm -hmm. without connection to the body, the heart, okay, you can beat, great. But you're just shooting blood all over the place, right? It's not going anywhere. And 
there's no oxygen in the blood because you're not connected to the lungs and you're that and was you're kind of gross sorry i don't know <laughs> I have no, to, it's a I, good should pre, <laughs> I should pre-screen my ideas before they come out of my mouth, but that's uh, half the fun actually. No, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's yeah. like ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous to think of a part of your body. Like your stomach performs a very important function uh-huh. separated from your esophagus and everything else below it. It doesn't do anything helpful. It's just, you know, and, and if you took your stomach out of your body, you're in a bad place, right? And so not only is it bad for you to be separated from the body, it's bad for the body mm-hmm. to be separated from you. Yeah. And and just how important it is. And it's every part of the body, mm-hmm. single and married, I guess, to bring it full circle back around to our whole topic, right? right. Which is living the fullness of your calling as a single person. So we want to have connection, intimacy with the Lord. Mm-hmm. We want to have connection and community with those around us. Um, what you know? Do you have any other points that you'd throw in there that yeah. have been like gold nuggets for you? Oh, well, I, it actually um, dovetails off of what you just said. Is when we talk about you know reaching out to people from a place of need. I tell you what, this is something I think the Lord has been teaching me my whole entire life. Is I think being single and, and perhaps also just with the way that um, I grew up, you know, in some element of just kind of kind of being a little bit more of a survivor is I I've never really been good about saying what I've needed. It's been really hard. I am always afraid I will bother people. I don't want to be an inconvenience. I think this is true for everyone. Right. Yeah. But I think as a single person there's some element of probably a little bit of an independent spirit and self-sufficiency that doesn't have to be bad. But I think sometimes when we're that way to too much of a degree, then what ends up happening is we don't allow ourselves to be at a place of need and to reach out to others and to ask when we need help. Like, Perfect example. I, I'm I can do most things on on my own, but you know I if I need to get a piece of furniture moved into my house, there's no way I can do that by myself. And so I've had to move into a place of vulnerability and I of reaching out to my my brothers in the Lord. Um, and I have several friends that that are married that I'm friends with both of them. And the wives are always great about, you know, loading their husbands to help me get this piece of furniture in the house because right. I can do it on my own. Right. And I think, and I know we're going to talk about this in another podcast, but, you know, when I went through cancer a couple of years ago, I literally couldn't do anything on my own. And it was a very humbling experience to have to be at a place where I had to ask for help because that doesn't that's not something that came naturally to me and so i think that there's a place of vulnerability i would say that all of us need to come into because for the most part we're good about helping other people right but we're just not good about asking that of ourselves and i think when we learn that healthy dependency to your point like that's how we're meant to operate as a church and mm-hmm. and i love it is a joy for me being into being able to pour into other people and I'm, I just have to remember that for, for myself as well. Right. Is because that also keeps us connected. And there is power when we are vulnerable, even though it's hard, right? Because it allows people in. And it can also be, and I know it has been for me, a very healing process. And one where I've had to say, Lord, do I have any areas of pride? Like, is this a pride thing where I'm afraid 
to lean on other people. You know, work on me, Lord. And boy, I tell, I tell you what, he definitely has. Right. No, I think, I mean, humility is such an important part of the the Christian walk, you know, like to, because pride is kind of like the mother, <laughs> the mother, the granddaddy of all sin, right, is that trying to put myself in God's place, trying to be mm-hmm. the one that's in control. Mm-hmm. So things that flow from that bastion of pride are really like super poisonous, right, mm-hmm. to our soul. And and part of part of asking for help is is humility and it's willingness to be real mm-hmm. and show that you don't have it all together. And and actually I found that to be so powerful from a ministry standpoint. Um, you know, being a pastor in the church, I found that so many people have found so much life and strength by me simply being real, saying mm-hmm. like, man, today was a hard day. Mm-hmm. Today, you know, like on the silly level of like, man, I didn't, the last thing I wanted to do today was read the Bible, you know, or, mm-hmm. and I really struggled to pray today because I just felt like garbage, you know, like. And they're like, wow, um, wow, a pastor in the church, you felt like that? Like, boy, I felt like that too. And, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they want to talk about, okay, what do you do when you feel that way? How do you press through? How do you overcome that? And and you can have these real conversations when previous to that conversation, they were sitting there thinking they're the only one mm-hmm. that's ever felt that way. The only one that's ever had that struggle. And and that is, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that no temptation is coming to man except that which is common, right? So like the truth of the word of God says nothing that you have faced mm-hmm. is unique compared to anything else anybody else is going through. And yet the first lie mm-hmm. that the enemy tries to sell us on when we're going through a hard time is that we are the only ones um, to to go through that. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. If you, maybe this will help us like bring this in because we're, we're, we could just talk about all kinds of stuff all day long because <laughs> um, you're a preaching girl and I, I fancy myself occasionally a preaching guy. Um, so if, if we could pull all of the single people into one, you know, kind of virtual room here today and you could share with them one, you know, one gold nugget for the single person today. What, what would it be like what would what would be on your heart to share with them today yeah I think for those that are single there's a couple things I think one is he sees you whether your heart is to get married um, or to stay single I think a lot of us you know desire to to find that person um, in the midst of that press into your relationship with the Lord and that's not to be a Christianese thing. I'm just telling you that I don't know how in the world I would have gotten through the last 25 to 30 whatever years without developing that intimacy with him. And that really just translates into surround yourself with people that know how to hear God's voice, that can help you walk in like a really deep relationship with him and make that your first priority. If you are in a relationship with someone, prioritize purity. Because I'm telling you what, there is no one, no one that can satisfy like Jesus satisfies. Well, that's good. All right. So now now that you've gotten to speak to all the single people, what about what about the, the married person in the church? Maybe the ma- married maybe the married person just in general. 
um, what would you what would you tell them and maybe just what would you want to say to them and then also maybe like what would your encouragement be to them for how they could best love serve minister to more effectively the single person in the church yeah absolutely okay so so married people i'm going to put you on the spot <laughs> and the, the, all the single people may be going oh i'm so glad you brought that up so married people let me tell you just some maybe some things of like what not to do if i may um i tell you what there are a few things i've heard over the course of being single and those have been things like Oh, when you're content, you know, and you're not looking, then you'll meet him. Or, oh gosh, what's some of the other things that I've heard? You know, when, when you're not looking, you'll meet him. Oh, you know, when, when it's the right time. Or there's all these different things that we say. And you know what? I know it's all well-intentioned. You know, it's not like anyone's trying to come in. It's, I think sometimes truth be told, it's probably like, you know, gosh, what do you say? Right? You know, right. married people, they're trying they, to be they, encouraging, trying to trying, be encouraging, yeah. right? You want to make it better. Maybe there's kind of like that slight awkwardness when you're like, Oh, are you married? And the person says no. And then you're like, you know, you know, insert awkward oh, silence here, yeah. right? Um, don't say that. I'm just saying don't say that because I look back over my life and I'm like, well, I've had times where I've been content, where I'm not looking for someone, like all those different scenarios. And I'm still so, single. So, so I'm pretty sure. So yeah. So what I would just say is, is you don't have to fix it, right? It could just be something as simple as um, like, oh, you're still single. You know what? That's That's wonderful. That's, that's great, you know, and like maybe just ask them some questions. But I think if somebody says something like, yeah, it's really hard for me to, to be single, um, don't try and fix it. Just simply say, you know what? I see you. I don't understand. Please, please, please do not say, oh, I understand what you're feeling. Because if you're married, you, you might not. Probably not. <laughs> you know, yeah. so mm -hmm. but just say, you know what? I see you and and I'm here for you. And I don't have the answers. I can't make it better. I know all that, but I care about you. That is enough. And coming alongside them could simply be, you know, think about like over holidays, like, you know, who do you know that maybe you could invite over their house? Don't leave them out. Um, you know, if there's things that they can be part of and just be mindful of that, of just reaching out to them, like, especially around the holidays where it could be kind of a little bit of a lonely time. I think that's a huge point. Um, certainly what I've been thinking more and more about just as I, I don't know, <clears throat> as I talk to my single friends and you just start to understand that their world uh, can feel so much different than the world I live in every day. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the main thing is that um, our context that we live in every day is the reality that we know. Mm -hmm. And it's so simple, so easy for us to like accidentally slip into the mindset that that's what everybody faces. So it's like some people, it's like, oh, day off of work, a uh, little holiday time, mm -hmm. ah, finally downtime or family crazy time of, you know, the kids and presents and this and that. And you're like, ah, and so sometimes you can just not even feel like you have any bandwidth mm -hmm. um, to, to bring somebody into that. And I think that um, one of the traps is feeling like you have to host, you have to make a big deal, right. rather than just inviting someone to kind of come along and be a part of the family. Right. Like just come in and be a part. Like we're not gonna like, we're not gonna roll out the red carpet for you, but you know, hey, we're gonna 
we're gonna feed you food on a plastic plate with a plastic fork, you know, because that's what we're doing today. Yeah. That's what the family's doing, and you're part of the family, and um, just welcoming people in like that. And really, all it takes is creating some space mm -hmm. and 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 putting out the invite, right? Like we got to take some time to think about others. So I love what you said. Really, our goal in life is to make disciples by loving God with all of our heart, soul, yep. mind, and strength, and love our neighbor as ourselves. So. How would you want people to treat you, mm -hmm. treat them that way? If you knew you were gonna be alone for insert holiday here, um, what would you want? Would you want people to leave you alone and not bother you? Or would you want somebody to invite you over? Um, so I guess as we kind of wrap this up, I think probably a great way for us to do that would just be, you know, could you just pray? Yeah, absolutely. Um, over maybe over kind of both absolutely. both parties that we've been addressing, and just uh, ask that that the Lord would take some of this conversation as random and as parts of it might have mm -hmm. seemed, and and weave it together in such a way that um, that it really accomplishes something of kingdom impact today. Yeah, absolutely. And and for whether you're married or single, you know, if there's anything I just want to also note is, you know, none of this is a blame, right? Like this is not the, this is like the authentic down to earth conversation, right? This isn't one person or another group doing something or not doing something. If I think that it's anything, it's that we are all coming to the table. I go back to this word because it's just been such a huge part of my life is is walking in vulnerability. We don't always have to know the right thing to say, the right thing to do, but we're both responsible for being proactive and reaching out to those around us in community and learning from each other, right? Because yeah. that, that's the opportunity. So um, let me pray here. Um, Lord, I just thank you so much for this time that uh, Rick and I have had to, to share and just kind of bounce back and forth with ideas and conversation. And Lord, I pray for every single person in listening. Lord, I thank you for those that, that are married, Lord, and just the wisdom and the insight that, that they bring to the table from, from being married and just from life and experience and, and kids and, and everything that you have, have done with them. Lord, I pray, Lord, that as they have single people in their life, Lord, no matter what age that is, Lord, I pray that you would give them wisdom and insight and encouragement. And, and Lord, I love that your word says that we can ask for wisdom and you give it liberally without reproach. Lord, as, we're, as they're walking through that journey, Lord, I pray as they just seek you and say, Lord, how is it that I can minister and encourage the single person or how is it that i can come alongside them to release them into who you've called them to be lord i pray that you would give them that insight and lord i pray also for those who are listening that are single lord i thank you that even though there are for sure times that are hard and difficult being single it can feel lonely it can feel hard when we don't necessarily see those those dreams and those those promises come to pass that we're longing for that that's marriage or kids lord i thank you that you see you know you understand those feelings and lord i pray for breakthrough of intimacy for every single single person that's listening Lord, that they would begin to hear your voice like they never have before. Lord, I thank you that you are the one that fulfills us. Lord, you are the true source. Lord, and that with you, we are never, never alone. Lord, bless them, bless them in their walk with you. Lord, I pray that you bless them as they move into what you've called them to do and be. And we thank you, Lord, for the promises that you still have ahead. Lord, because your promises, you say in your word that your promises are yes and amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
Awesome, well thank you again, Lisa, for taking time to hang out and be a part. Uh, I think that was a great conversation. And hey, listening audience, thanks for being here today. Thanks for being a part of the Growing Faith Podcast. As always, if you could let us know if you're liking what you're hearing, uh, like, share, comment, rate, review, all that stuff. It helps get the word out, helps more people be able to get connected. So um, man, thank you for being a part of today. If you have any questions, comments, or snide remarks, uh, Lisa said she would field all of those. Um, you can go ahead and email me at growingfaithpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Uh, future ideas for podcast episodes, anything like that. Love, love, love to hear from you. With that, just say a huge God bless you and have the most amazing day.